I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are here, the Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hey everybody, it's Dale Avant. I'm going to uh, infiltrate the feed here for a minute and um, maybe just spend some time you and me. What do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> I'll just um, share some of my thoughts and musings and, uh, oh, my pondering gets confusing. But come along with me, if you will. <laughs> I may be a dumbass kid or a punk ass chump or whatever, an annoying teen who rolls his eyes at authority and thinks he knows better. And, you know, I know I do occasionally push the boundaries to see how things work, but, you know, I'm just figuring it out. And I don't think I do know better, Um, not better than anybody else. And I'm sure there are so many people wiser than me, but um, maybe we could talk here together today or, well, not we, but it'll be more like an honest monologue. Um, You know, let's start here. Uh... I come from a Christian household where, you know, I've been told that the Bible has an answer for everything, you know, no matter what kind of crisis life serves up. (laughs) Um, But I've, I've honestly started to wonder if, if we've got it wrong, you know, about like the Bible or just, you know, truth in general, just what is truth how does it exist in the world, in our bodies, in our culture? How do we identify it? How do we trust it? How do we, how do we know? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not getting off to a good start here. I, I just wonder if maybe the Bible isn't there to provide answers, but more to point us to the right questions. And um, maybe that's like a cool new perspective. Um, that we can take, we can look at it through a different lens or run all the way over here and see if it looks different from this angle and then zigzag over there and look at it from another perspective. I heard somebody say the other day that they never notice when they're angry, but they notice when they feel right. It was a guy, it was a dude who said that, and um, maybe that's not surprising to you, but I really resonated with that. Like, I I get that. Um, I'm often as disconnected from my feelings as the next guy, you know, like emotions make me 
uncomfortable. I want to squash them. I want them gone. I, I ignore my feelings. I, I get really busy. I distract myself. I, I run from feelings. I numb feelings, anything, but feel them. You know, I guess that makes me a red-blooded American male, right? (laughs) Raised to never show weakness or let my feelings get the best of me. Problem is, I do have feelings, no matter how much, you know, our present-day culture has sort of banned emotions from the male experience, you know, uh... Many times I don't have words for how I'm feeling. I'm not sure, you know, exactly what the emotion is when it comes and appears inside my body. And I have this nagging feeling that if I let an emotion in, you know, like if I let it run through me, it'll overwhelm me or totally take over and rob me of control. (laughs) I mean, what is control? Obviously, right? That's a joke. Um, but we try to maintain a sense of control. I, 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 okay. I did mushrooms like at an early age. So it sort of has tipped me into the Noam Chomsky kind of like (laughs) territory of like not wanting to be a slave to, you know, society and authority and kind of like, despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage sort of feeling. Um, And you know what, speaking of mushrooms, like, have you ever thought about how like, when there are naturally occurring things on the planet earth that expand our consciousness, they make it illegal, (laughs) but things that deaden your responses and depress your nervous system are um, readily available. (laughs) There's a bar on every corner in America, if I may speak in gross generalizations, but it's an interesting thing to think about, you know? Um, we drug ourselves all day long with everything from sugar to caffeine to booze and like, um, and yet we have some fear of these actually more natural substances. That's not why I got on here today. I was talking about feeling our feelings. So let me get back on track. Um, feelings. <laughs> so I end up having a vague sense that I'm right about stuff while it's really just a cauldron of unfelt feelings that's churning deep down inside me like molten lava underground. Uh, But I think being disconnected from my feelings sometimes is hard for me to identify what I am feeling. But they say anger is information, right? You know, my anger alerts me to the fact that maybe a boundary has been crossed. And if I have a boundary, that means I have something that I value that I think is worth protecting. And if I am reminded that I hold something of great value and I want to protect it, it means that I think it's important. So like in many ways, anger 
it lets you know what matters to you. But as much as we want to protect and control the important stuff, I guess any any idea that we're in control is just a a pesky illusion. I don't know. We all want to feel like we're in control, like we have some kind of semblance of control. And sometimes that's honestly my problem with the church is I get I get angry when the church tries to have this controlling culture, you know? Um, I, I feel like one of my biggest problems is the like dualistic thinking of the church, you know? It's, it's an us and them. Uh... Uh, uh, believers and unbelievers, saved and unsaved. Um, we got to get those people over there in that pile into this pile of us good people over here. I don't know, man. Everybody's right. Uh, everybody thinks they're the right one, you know? And who knows? Who knows? I honestly think that... W- we're losing the art of listening, you know? We live in a reply culture where we shout at each other in the comments, feeling righteous and indignant and our happiness and feelings of being carefree are diminished in those settings, in this environment. Maybe we need to learn to listen again, you know? It's something we loved so much as little kids. Remember how good it felt when somebody held you and read to you? Remember that? You just got to like tuck in to somebody's side and you could hear their voice inside their body and outside their body when one of your ears was in the air and catching the sound of their voice and your other ears pressed up against their rib cage and you are listening to the vibration of their voice inside their body and like how safe that felt that you could just lie there and listen. I mean, we started out for the most part, most of us, I guess, like listening and learning and I used to love to be read to. I I loved feeling somebody's kind of breath on the top of my head and I appreciated the company as I slowly slipped into unconscious dreamland, you know? If sleep is a practice, death every night, you know, it's nice to have someone there when you start to face the dark. So, okay, here we go. Here, dear listener, lend me your ear and I will open my heart. And we might be strangers to each other, but we're all made of the same stardust and we can't be that far off from each other. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. 
You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. The poets and the artists have always told us that we're all the same. It's the politicians and the money men that are telling us that we're all different, you know? So who will you be audience to, dear listener? I'd rather sit at the feet of the poets myself, but if I'm honest, I'm much more often, you know, swayed by the cruel lying advertisers of our culture who see me only as a consumer you know they've launched a massive decades-long campaign to convince us all that if we just have a better body a better complexion a better relationship better clothes better kicks bigger dicks you know we'll all finally be lovable we'll belong we'll finally be happy over there on the other side of whatever this is. But don't you get that nagging feeling that this is all there is? Because let's be honest, I've I've got the Jordans. And honestly, I've got a really good acne prescription that works pretty well. So why, why, why am I somehow still feeling like happiness and wholeness are out there, over there, somewhere else. I got to consume the things and have the things to get there. Like it's some kind of fucking bridge to wholeness. There's some like... I don't know if it's like a Japanese ceramics thing, art form. I don't know what it is. But there's this thinking that the life of a piece of pottery begins the day that it gets dropped and broken. And so if you're feeling like that out there, you at the other end of... This line, um, maybe you're the reason I felt compelled to jump on here today to talk to you. And I'm not exactly sure why, so <laughs> let's see what happens. I'm just simply sending the vibrations and my vocal cords to land on the drums of your ears. I've heard that conscious listening involves a willingness to be changed. Otherwise, it's simply waiting our turn to talk. Yeah, I think we do that a lot. We confuse listening with waiting our turn to talk. We're sort of always crafting our brilliant argument silently in our minds while we watch someone else's mouth move. Have you ever been talking to somebody for like a while and at a certain point you realize you've just been nodding but not hearing a single word for like quite some time? (laughs) Me too. Our brains are bizarre. They're 
highly sophisticated processing machines and they have these deeply formed grooves from our most frequent thoughts, but I want to be more than the pattern of my thoughts. I want to break out. I want to be free. I don't need to be right, but I really feel a need to be free. And that, oh, that reminds me of one of my all-time favorite Sufi poems by a guy named Hafiz. It goes like this. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who must duck his head when the moon is low, drops keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. I don't know what Hafiz would think of this, but I'm going to try to do it with the gender, um, with another gender. The small woman builds cages for everyone she knows, while the sage, who must duck her head when the moon is low, drops keys all night long for the beautiful rowdy prisoners uh let's see if i can do it non-binary just for shits. the small creature builds cages for everyone they know while the sage who must duck their head when the moon is low drops keys all night long for the beautiful rowdy prisoners. And scene. <laughs> if you want the rest of this episode and lots more bonus content ad free, the best way is to join our Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll get perks like behind the scenes pods, voicemails from Gray and Hallie, and you'll join a community. These bonus episodes that we make for you, we will be bringing you things like Day Labont hijacking the feed with his insights and interviews, or our favorite return guests, and we'll even share live shows with you and more. And I know you hear this stuff all the time, like, hey, for the price of a cup of coffee, you could really make a huge difference for us and our ability to keep bringing you laughs, but it's really true. And hey, it's me, Holly. I'm personally asking you to support the arts and bolster the thing that you love that brings you joy. If we had 1% of our listeners support us, it would be an absolute dream come true. So give it a try and become a supporter on Patreon or Apple Premium or Supporting Cast. Any which way you want to do it, all the links are in the show notes. And thanks for considering it. And thanks again for listening to Mega. <laughs>